Hello, magic makers, and welcome back to the Metaphysical Apothecary. We are your hosts, Megan and Shannon. We are also known as the Scorpio Sisters, and we are here to explore the mysterious, magical, and the arcane. In honor of the season, we're going to be talking about gratitude, how we can use it psychologically, how we can use it magically, how we can allow it to help us manifest what we want to manifest, and how we can use gratitude to identify, diffuse, and avoid toxic positivity. This is a time of year where we are encouraged to think about what we are most grateful for. And this is inherently a positive and beneficial thing to do. It's pervasive throughout our cultures. There's a whole business dedicated to helping you realize how grateful you are for everything. There's gratitude journals, there's exercises, there's courses on experiencing gratitude better. Those things could be beneficial, but you don't necessarily need them to allow yourself to feel the benefits of a gratitude practice and to use it for introspection, shadow work, and to allow yourself to actually process your negative emotions and experiences in a more beneficial way. Mm -hmm. So first, let's talk a little bit about Toxic positivity versus gratitude. Let's just get right in there. (laughs) So when we get to the actual practice piece, we all are all on the same page about what we're talking about. We all have experienced toxic positivity. We may have been purveyors of it at one point or another, and there's nothing wrong with that. But what it is, is when you're experiencing something negative, you're feeling the negative effects from it. And someone says to you, it's not so bad, cheer up. Or, hey, things are always darkest before the dawn, right? Or, well, don't feel like that, just smile and be happy. None of that stuff is helpful. It's actually just creating this illusion or delusion of how you should be feeling versus how you are feeling. And it creates shame and it actually really did yourself into a hole of being so focused on avoiding your negative emotions and your negative experiences and that's what you end up manifesting instead of processing them. True gratitude focuses on objective reality, things as they are. That includes good, that includes the bad, that includes everything in between. So it's not the absence of negative emotions or experiences, and it's not toxic to observe and allow yourself to feel your negative emotions. You can sit back and say, I feel angry. I feel depressed. I feel however it is today. And this is why. All right, what is this doing for me? How is this helping me? And you know, negative emotions do help you. If you're depressed, it usually means that there's something lacking that you need or that you want. If you're angry, it usually means a boundary is being violated. When people tell you not to be angry, a lot of the time it's because they want to violate one of your boundaries because it'll be beneficial to them. That may not be a malicious intent, but that is very often what is going on. Or they are not okay with anger because they don't have their own boundaries set. Yes. So when they see you getting angry, they're uncomfortable because you are, whether you're conscious of it or not, are holding a boundary that you set. And they're not comfortable with that because they don't have that boundary. Right. If you're afraid, it's because you feel unsafe. 
It doesn't matter whether you actually are unsafe or not. If you are afraid or anxious, it's because you feel like there is protection missing from your life. So when you analyze what these negative emotions and experiences are doing for you, they're telling you something. They're giving you messages. You can recognize what you need to bring into your life and focus on that. After you've experienced the emotion. Right. Part of toxic positivity is an attempt to rush yourself through those negative emotions, those emotions that make you feel bad for whatever reason. If it's not making you feel happy, if it's not releasing your serotonin dopamine levels, rush yourself through it so you can get to that dopamine serotonin rush of happiness. Mm -hmm. And in hindsight, once you've recognized what these experiences are teaching you, once you've worked through them and allowed yourself to figure out what you need to do to meet these emotions where they are and grant yourself your needs, you can be grateful for them. It's an incredibly magical experience. You can look back and be like, wow, am I ever glad that I got so pissed off at my manager that day and quit my job. At the time, it may have felt like one of the worst situations ever. You were in a toxic workplace. You were being abused daily by your manager and possibly by customers and other coworkers. And then you quit your job. Maybe you felt very anxious when you did that because you didn't necessarily have a safety net. But weeks or months down the line, you can look back on that experience and experience intense gratitude for it because the emotions and experiences you were having allowed you the space and the room and the realization that you needed something different. There's also the being grateful for feeling and emoting those emotions because without them, you wouldn't be able to experience and express the opposite quite so well. Mm -hmm. How do you understand the depth of happiness without the depths of sadness? Mm -hmm. They are not isolated emotions. Yeah, absolutely. Because you have that contrast. Mm -hmm. okay. It's like eating sweet and sour together. Yes. Both of them are more intense. Mm -hmm. That's kind of step one in terms of gratitude magic is recognizing that you don't have to be daisy sunshine all the time. It's okay to have a full spectrum of emotion and it's healthy to do so. If you're not allowing yourself to do that, then you're not giving yourself enough credit, honestly, because you can handle it. It might take practice, but you can handle it. How does gratitude play into magic? How does it play into magical practice? One of the most obvious ways for gratitude to play into magical practice is manifestation. Where you place your focus is what you're going to get. Mm -hmm. So often the law of attraction is misinterpreted to mean that if you're not light and sunshine and positivity 24-7 every second of the day, then the universe is going to give you doom and gloom the moment you have a moment of sadness. That's mm -hmm. not true. No. If you're focused on the negative and that's all you can see, then that's going to compound and you're going to get more of it. However, if you acknowledge the negative and can see what it's doing for you and recognize that those are needed messages or needed experiences so that you can see what you do have and the things that you are grateful for in your life and you places your focus more on those things after you've processed the negative, then you're going to get more of those abundant things that you are grateful for. Mm -hmm. There's also a level of shadow magic with gratitude magic. Absolutely. And that's actually how I use gratitude magic. I have a small little list journal and anytime I'm triggered a negative reaction in me, 
I allow myself to feel it, to express it. I come back and I recenter myself. What am I grateful for right now? And then eventually as I cool down and I come out of that hot zone, if you will, what am I grateful for in that moment that is giving me an experience today? Mm -hmm. That helps me uncover where my sore spots are within the work I still have to do internally. Where are my boundaries being pushed and where am I not holding those boundaries? But also, why am I so angry at this particular thing? Am I treading on someone else's boundaries because I don't have boundaries there? Huh? And that's what got me angry. So using it that way, we can be grateful for our shadows. We can be grateful for the rejected pieces of ourselves and the experiences that they bring us and the wisdom that they bring us, right? Yep. So what to do with bad moods and stormy days? One of the big questions is, is it safe to do magic when I'm in a bad mood, when I'm depressed, when I'm anxious, when I'm sick, all of these things? The short answer to that is yes. The longer extended answer to that is if you don't feel like you have the energy, if you feel like you're not in the right mindset and your intention may be skewed, then you don't have to do magic. It's safe to do magic as long as you feel like that's going to help you. If you feel like you need to do something else, it's okay not to do magic. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to do a ritual either. There are other kinds of magical practice you can do. You can journal or free write about your experiences and your emotions, what your mindset is like right now. You can create art that acts as a sigil representing the experience that you have right now. You can put these emotions and feelings into art pieces that you can see and feel and touch and they become sigils for those things. That kind of thing, you can either use the art to transmute that experience that you're feeling into something positive, or it can be a very powerful thing to destroy that thing, to burn it, to rip it up, to put it in salt water when you're done creating it, to help kind of expel the ickiness while you're processing what you're going through. That's a, that's a good way of processing it, yeah. Mm -hmm. You can also track your moods. So a lot of bullet journal instructions or inspiration will have like mood trackers that you can color in. You can use a coloring book to do this, or you can actually turn it into like wearable three-dimensional art. Basically, the way you do this is you assign each of your moods a color and you put that key somewhere. And then you use your mood tracker. You take the color for the mood that you predominantly felt each day and color in a part of your mood tracker with that color. You can also do a blanket or a scarf. One row equals one day or one square equals one day. You can do needlepoint. One square or diamond or star or whatever shape you choose equals one day. So you can kind of track in a year how your moods fluctuate and this is a really cool way to identify patterns in your mood. So it can help you identify whether you have seasonal affective disorder. And some people have it in the winter. Other people have it in the summer. I'm depressed in the summer because I hate being warm. <laughs> you can use it to identify periods of anxiety. If you are AFAB and have a menstrual cycle, you might be able to use it to identify when your 
PMS or PMDD kicks in, or if you have anxiety during your menstrual cycle, you can use it to identify whether or not your job is making you sick or certain people are making you sick. If every Sunday is that dark slate blue that you assigned to depression and every Sunday you have lunch with a certain person, maybe it's time to analyze your relationship with them. Mm-hmm. And if you do decide to make something that is wearable, like a scarf or a blanket, you can cuddle up to those things and use it as a way to cuddle up to all of your pieces. You can use it as a way to snuggle and comfort your shadow self Mm -hmm. and see, hopefully, there are more colors associated with good things than with negative things. But either way, you can see those bright shining spots in there and be intensely grateful that they exist. An interesting way to potentially track your mood is if you get an adult coloring book or print out adult coloring pages and assign uh, a picture a day. And as you're winding down, only use the colors that you felt that day. That's really cool. That's a really cool idea. But it allows you to unwind, acknowledge the emotions you had and color with it and then make something pretty out of it. Right. Something else you can kind of blend into the, that coloring book idea is if you had more than one mood, maybe you had a really, really good morning and you felt great. And then in the afternoon, you started to feel very anxious, very jumpy, or your mood really dropped. So you can record more than one emotion per day. Oh, yeah. You can even make it into an ombre effect. Mm-hmm. So the top part of the, the page is the morning, towards the middle is the afternoon, and the evening is the bottom of the page, the foreground. And then you can have this beautiful ombre effect. Yeah. You could do the same with an actual calendar with the days, with the squares, Mm -hmm. which would be a really interesting way to use a paper calendar. Acknowledging our gratitude is also a really good way to expand it. So just as tracking your moods, understanding yourself, being introspective and knowing how to soothe and reincorporate your shadow self is an important part of experiencing deep gratitude. Expressing it can help deepen and prolong the experience as well. One of the most obvious ways to do this is to uh, give offerings to your deities and spirits and ancestors, right? Mm -hmm. You commune with them, they guide you, they protect you, they help you, they support your magical journey. So giving them offerings is a way to deepen your relationship with them. But also, if I put a sugar stick on my altar and it's because something good happened to me or a bad period ended in my life and I'm just super grateful that I don't have to feel terrible anymore... I'm going to walk past my altar four or five times a day and see that sitting there and go, hell yeah, things are good now. Mm -hmm. I actually tend to offer up the actual emotion that I'm feeling or have felt Mm. after I'm able to acknowledge it. My anger is offered to the Morgan. My fear and anxiety is offered to Carly. Uh My insecurities and low self-esteem is offered up to Aphrodite. And my depression or sadness is offered to Persephone, who can take it into the underworld and then bring it back up as flowers. Mm -hmm. I'll do the same with my gods, particularly Lilith. I will feed her my fears. I'll write them down on pieces of paper, fold them and put them in her area. And then when I revisit them, they're no longer relevant. And so I burn them, offer them back up to her as things that she helped me through and I no longer have to think about. 
when you are showing gratitude to your deities, these are certainly ways you can do that. You can offer up the emotions themselves. You can offer them a gratitude offering that is simply saying, hey, thank you for helping me through this. And it doesn't have to be a crazy big ritual or spell. You can sing to them. You can dance for them. You can clap twice and say, hey, thanks, Hades, for your help. (laughs) Whatever your relationship is with your deity, you're going to know what they like best. You can also show gratitude to your deities for their help by being of service to others, especially in an area that they might have a vested interest in. Right after our cat, Simon, passed away last year, we took a bunch of his things and we donated it to a local animal shelter. And that was an act of service that I did in the name of Freya because of my gratitude to her for helping get us through that difficult time and for carrying him over the rainbow bridge and ensuring that his spirit was safe and protected on that journey. Mm-hmm. An act of self-care can also be a gratitude offering to your deities. Mm -hmm. There are an awful lot of people who have talked about interactions with their gods, particularly gods like Loki or other trickster gods or paternal or maternal gods like Lucifer, who have demanded things like cans of soup. Yeah. This is because they want you to eat the soup. They want you to eat something. They want you to put something warm and comforting in your body. If Artemis is demanding red meat from me, she doesn't want it on her altar. She wants me to eat it because I need it in my body. Yeah, that's how my deities work too. Even if, for instance, Haiti wants a pack of Oreos, you can put some of the Oreos on his altar, but you best be eating the rest of those Oreos, especially if you haven't eaten a lot that day. Or if the ocean deity that I work with, if Mother Ocean wants water, fresh water, it means that I need to hydrate myself. Mm -hmm. Self-care can be a beautiful expression of gratitude for having a body, for being alive, for being able to do the things that we can do and contribute the things that we can contribute into the world. There is self-care through give yourself enough water. Make sure you're getting the proper nutrients. Another way of self-care is pampering yourself. Aphrodite, in particular, she's not alone, but in particular, likes it when I do offerings of gratitude through soaking my feet, luxurious scents and oils, and she loves it when I take baths and have bath bombs, then come out and massage myself with massage oils or different body oils and lotions, taking care of my physical form for an expression of beauty and gratitude for what I have and taking care of it so I have it in the future. Uh is one of her big ways of giving her an offering and showing gratitude, both for what she's helping me process, but also for having a physical form, for having. Uh And Aries, his preferred form of offering is also very physical. One is for adult ears only. Another is actually dressing up. Aries offerings are about me feeling good. That means dressing up and walking with a swing in my hip and maybe a flutter of a dress. If I'm wearing pants, there are pants that make my butt look good type thing. (laughs) (laughs) He's definitely looking for the offering of, if you feel good, that is the energy I want. That's the offering I want. So make sure you feel good. Wear that red lipstick. Put on the jewelry. Do your hair up. These things that for the most part, 
look like you're just doing it to look good or stroke the ego is actually a gratitude offering to Aries through giving him the emotions of me feeling good, me feeling sexy, me feeling sassy, me feeling powerful. Mm -hmm. That is an expression of self-care. That is an expression of non-toxic self-love. A lot of the times we can be taught that Caring about your makeup, caring about your hair, caring about what you're wearing is so superficial. It's so shallow. But if you put something on your skin or on your body and it makes your brain go, woo, then do it. <laughs> do it. It's so good for your brain mm -hmm. to feel that way. In the same vein, I will sometimes dedicate my showers to Mother Ocean because as much as I love being in the water, there are days when I sit there and I distract myself from getting a shower because I'm not feeling great mentally and I know a shower will help me. And so she kicks me in the butt and says, you need to go do this for yourself. Mm -hmm. It's going to refresh you. It's going to make you feel clean. It's going to refresh your mindset. So I'll just go in there and spend some time with her. I'll use some essential oils that smell good. I'll use my favorite body wash. I'll use my three different kinds of conditioner. And then the post shower is usually dedicated to Lilith because she enjoys the idea of me being proud of my body when I'm not wearing clothing. And it's just another way to be grateful for our existence. Mm -hmm. Whether you're putting on that red, red lipstick and rocking a faux hawk or you're wandering around your house in nothing but your birthday suit, drinking an afternoon cup of coffee. <laughs> They're both expressions of gratitude for our existence. And they can be really powerful ways to connect with the self and with the divine. Mm -hmm. So during this time of year, we often think about drawing together with loved ones. And I was going to use the word family, but family and loved ones are different for many people. We can use the magic of gratitude to strengthen those ties and cultivate deeper, richer relationships with the people that mean the most to us. And we acknowledge that we mean a lot to them as well. Acknowledge the things that we give back to them. And the magical acts here seem like mundane things that we would do anyway, but our very existences, every act we take is an act of magic, whether for good or for ill. So the act of simply sitting down and having a cup of coffee with a parental figure or a sibling figure or a BFF and engaging in some nostalgia or trading stories or holding space for each other while you talk about the difficulties that you've been through lately, that's an act of magic because it's cathartic and it's drawing you closer together, both in terms of your energy and your relationship. You can also do acts of service. That can be incredibly rewarding. One year where my father had surgery, he's fine. It was routine. It was very successful, but he needed to recover. So my sister and I decided we were going to have Thanksgiving at my parents' house. She and I went and we did 100% of the cooking. We did 100% of the cleanup. And then when it came time for us to leave, it was snowing outside. So my sister and I, we shoveled the walk. We swept off both of their cars as best we could. And we made sure that all of that was set up before we left because the outdoor things were normally things that my father would do that he wasn't able to do at the time. For us, it was 
just a very simple way to show him that we were grateful for his presence in our lives. And we were grateful that his surgery went well and that he was on his way to recovery. Gift giving is often a love language that (laughs) is a double-edged sword. (laughs) Yeah, it can be. And I really wish that gift giving had less emphasis in our society because for me and a lot of the people I know, I know it's this way for you too, Shannon, a thoughtful gift is so much more meaningful than an expensive one. Mm -hmm. If my nephew sees a rock on the ground that he thinks is beautiful and he gives it to me because he knows that Aunt Megan has beautiful rocks in her house, you betcha I'm going to keep that rock for the rest of my life. (laughs) (laughs) That is the most special rock that I own. It's definitely the effort, the thought that you put into it more than the money, at least for me and for you. Yes. I think a big part of that is the fact of the intention behind the gift is infused into the gift itself. Mm -hmm. So something that is made for you or chosen specifically for you because it made that person think of you is now charged with the energy of love and nostalgia, that infusion of goodness that they feel when they think of you. And who doesn't want to be valued? That's what these things represent, that you are valued or that you value someone else. Mm -hmm. That's what connection is. It's valuing each other. That kind of connection can quite literally cure illness and save lives under the right circumstances. So one final type of gratitude magic that we're going to talk about today. It involves gratitude that stretches globally. We can show gratitude to nature and society in general by stewarding the things within them that yield positive results. And by doing that, we're actually cultivating nature and society to continue to generate the things that we're grateful for. Creates a positive feedback loop. And the more people who do this, the greater the loop becomes. A very obvious action that we can take to show gratitude to society are acts of service. We can donate to good causes. We can serve at soup kitchens. We can donate to homeless shelters. We can volunteer to read to children or to tutor students of all ages. These are all really beautiful ways to give back into the community and to help foster people who might not have the advantages that they need to get ahead, you are becoming that advantage. You are becoming a manifestation of what they need to achieve their higher potential. And not just around the holidays. Soup kitchens and places like that are usually inundated with volunteers and donations around the holidays. Remember them in the middle of July. Mm -hmm. Those are times of year outside the holiday season is when they need things the most. So we can carry this throughout the whole year. I will say, just as a caveat, if you are donating to a woman's shelter in particular, there's a higher percentage of women of color in most shelters than there are white women. So if you're picking up hair care supplies, pick up hair care supplies that black women can use. If you're not sure, you can Google it or you can ask an employee in the store. They If you explain to them what you're doing, I'm sure that they would be more than happy to help you. Shelters are usually inundated with hair care products that only white people can use. So those are all really great things to do for society on a whole. Remembering that we can do these all the time, not just around the holidays. Gratitude is not a one time a year thing. There are other ways, too, that you can show gratitude toward nature and 
the earth itself, whether you are going to donate to a cause or you go out and plant trees yourself. Huh? You pick up the litter that you see on the floor, throw that in the proper receptacle. You don't litter yourself, especially as a child. I used to show gratitude when I came across them. Earthworms that were stuck and starting to dry up out on the concrete. So I would provide them with either shade and or pick them up and put them back in the soil. Mm-hmm. Like there are other small ways that if you feel like you can't afford to donate to a cause at this moment, there are other ways that you can show gratitude to nature and to the globe and to society as well. Sometimes you can even go into the libraries, public libraries, volunteer to help children with tutoring or help the elderly on computers. Depending Mm -hmm. on your public library, you might be able to act in service in that way as well. Yeah. If you have a garden and you have surplus garden produce, you can give that directly to someone you know has been having a hard time. You can make tomato and corn salsa and gift that to a neighbor along with asking them how they're doing after an illness or some other kind of hardship. Now, in a post-COVID world, that might need to be done on the porch six feet apart, but it's still something that can be done, and it's from the heart. Mm -hmm. And depending on if you know your neighbors or not, if you have a neighbor who is not able to do for themselves or is elderly, being able to give food that you know they can have and they enjoy can also be very touching. They can express gratitude as you are expressing gratitude towards them. Yep, absolutely. And again, that fosters a connection. It lets both of you know and understand that you have value. The person receiving it realizes that they have value because they've been noticed. And you remind yourself that you have value because you are able to provide even a little bit of respite to someone who's going through something hard. And I mean, that that can be the other way around, too. You could be the one receiving the notice and receiving the gift. That's really important to allow yourself to receive just as much as you give. Yes. We've talked a lot about giving back, but if someone offers you space to emote, if someone offers you a frozen casserole because they saw you had a tough week, if someone buys you an extra cup of coffee on their way into work, there's no need to feel shame over those things because sometimes we do feel shame for receiving good things from other people people giving us gifts because maybe in the past gifts have had, you know, obligation attached to them. That doesn't have to be the case anymore. You can just feel gratitude. You don't have to feel shame. Mm-hmm. And that, that'll take a while to learn as well. That can take time. <laughs> Especially coming from the do for yourself. You're an adult. You can do it yourself. Society mm-hmm. and that mentality of adulting, toxic adulting <laughs> versus yeah. actual adulting. Yep. One of the other ways that I practice gratitude magic is if I have the chance to, and I have a wire hanger that I won't use on clothing, I like to take that wire apart and wrap it around something cylindrical that can stand on its own to make a wire tree and then like bring out the branches of that wire tree and then hang little things I'm grateful for, like little pieces of paper or ribbon. And it's an active, like, I've crafted the tree, but then I have also started to tie the ribbons or the pieces of paper that I have the words or phrases or sentences that I'm grateful for on that particular tree as well. So it becomes a gratitude tree. That's really cool. 
that idea can be repurposed in other ways too. It can be a bulletin board. It can be a vision board. It can be a mobile. It can be a bunting that you hang kind of in the breeze and allow the wind to charge it up. Yeah. There are very creative ways in which you can start incorporating gratitude and making it magical. And I find them fun. And it can be fun. Once you start listing all the things that you're grateful for, like it starts to make you feel good and you start to think of more stuff and you start listing more things. You get all charged up and your energy is all fizzy and glowy and everything. If you're going to do some magic, like that can be a really good pre-exercise to do so that you're all jazzed up before you get into the ritual work. You can also have sigils, symbols, bind runes, things that you write on your body. If you're having a hard time remembering the things that you're grateful for, you can write those things on your body. You can put it on your on your thigh. I just smacked my thigh to show you all where to put it so that when you're getting dressed or using the bathroom or <laughs> taking a shower, you see that. Nobody else sees it, but you see it. And it gives you a little bit of a, oh, that's right. There are things in my life that make me happy. That's all we have on the topic for today. Thank you so much for listening in, and we hope you'll join us again next time. In the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest, and go to our blog for some more witchy wisdom, as well as check out some of our original art on Society6 for sacred decor and more. Thank you again for joining us, and go make some magic and live your best life. Bye. Bye, everyone.